0: The diamond I realized diamond that I have to be time 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 time. Time. I I The Empathy Museum presents a mile, mile in my shoes. These are chic party shoes. They are black open toed sudette silettos with a high heel. The combination of a small zipper located on the instep step and the diamante embellished these straps makes the shoes very glamorous. These shoes belong to Eva. This is her story. I love dancing. The reasons why I love dancing so much are a little of a contradiction because dancing is a physical activity, but for me at the same time, it's an experience like an out-of-my-body experience. I have a peculiar relationship with my body. It's like all the problems are gone, big and small. Normally, most of the times, besides dancing, I'm also singing. (laughs) Well, I'm this mad person. In these late years, what I've danced is, is salsa. Even a basic step can be done in thousand million ways. <laughs> Although the music coming into my ears at the same time, it's, it's, like, it's like the blood in my veins that goes all around my body. It's like it, it comes into me through my ears, but then it goes out of me through my pores. <laughs> Uh, telling my story and thinking how to tell my story has helped me to find my voice. Uh, I can't remember very well when what I'm going to tell you happened. I, I think and think, and I think it was about when I was between twelve and fifteen. I grew up in a big family. I am the fifth kid, all that I have is brothers, I don't have any sisters. My oldest brother is eight years older than me, and then six, then four, then two, and then me. The thing is, uh, I always been a mm, plumpy girl. I I wasn't fat, my brothers told me that I was fat, but my brothers, ...are kind of good-looking. In fact, a lot of... uh, ...girls in my school... mm, ...fancy my brothers. Sometimes they brought me in... ...in the motorcycle he brought me to school... ...especially in the afternoons. And I know they look at them with... ...with, mm, well... mm, ...these eyes, like... mm, ...saying, oh, mm, what a cute guy. Well... The thing is, our, our house wasn't very big, we only had one toilet. And I was taking a shower and my oldest brother asked me to get into the toilet because he needed to wee. I didn't give it much importance and I opened the, the lock and he was taking like too long. Then another time happened, more or less the same situation. I opened and it was always very long. And then I realized that he was peeping at me. He, he moved the, curtain of, the shower curtain and he was peeping at me. And uh, I got scared. At the same time, I, I didn't understand because he was my brother. I felt that was like kind of unnatural that my brother wanted to see me. I didn't understand that if my brothers could have any girl, why he was doing that to me. And another moment, I I didn't want to open, but he insisted. And my mother said from the kitchen, oh, come on, open. Because of course, she still didn't know anything about this. So I had to open. And I I was trying, as much as I could, close the curtain against the, the wall. The the curtain was wet because of the shower, so I was trying to, to stick it to the wall. Uh, but he ripped it with a nail scissor. At that moment, I didn't know anything about these things. I didn't know really any practical sex, let's say. But now I think of this and now I understand the noises that I could hear because there was a kind of rhythmical hits. Now I understand what was happening. I, from that moment, what I try always, always manage to do is I always had to manage somehow to shower when he wasn't there. If he was there, I would never shower never ever i was really terrified why why he was my brother he was a person who was supposed to protect me not to attack me i didn't know what to say well in in spite of that he told me not to tell my mom i did and unfortunately i didn't receive the kind of answer that I hope to find because initially she didn't say anything. She also told me that he is also her son, but I'm your daughter, I'm your little daughter and I need protection. I didn't say that, but that's what I felt in my heart. A few days later, I heard my mom telling another of my brothers what I have told her, and um, they were laughing. And I felt horrible because I felt they were laughing at me. Well, from that moment, not only I had to live with what my brother has done to me, but also I felt the bridges to my mom had been cut. And that's something very hard for a teenager girl to live. And I remember telling sometime later uh, one of my friends at school and I was really surprised and shocked with her reaction because she asked me if I somehow had provoked that situation. No, no, of course not. You know me, how, how can you ask me that? In spite of everything that had happened, I understand, for example, my mom, it's true that he is also her son. And I understand that for her this situation was also very painful. Obviously, she was wrong in the way that she reacted with me. But you have to take into account that she was brought in a very different way than us. It's a very different generation. And of course, when she did that, she didn't do it with the intention of hurting me. So please don't be harsh with my mom. The world has also failed my brother, my abuser, because this situation could have been prevented if a better education, not only sexual but emotional education was provided. And I'm telling this story because maybe you are listening to me and you have lived something similar. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to see that although it's difficult, and and sometimes you heard me crying while telling my story, people get embarrassed when they see someone crying, but for me it's it's another emotion, just like when you laugh. It's it's not something that you should be ashamed of. Sometimes it's, it's very hard to to tell the world how you're feeling or to tell your story. And when you do, you might be hurting, you might be crying, but it's worth it. And believe it or not, there will always be someone out there who believes in you and who knows what you're telling is true. Probably they have lived something similar. And I want to tell them all that they are not alone that they shouldn't feel alone because they aren't alone. I know there's people that need to hear this kind of story, and that's why I want my voice to be useful. I want you to find courage to tell your story and speak up. Someone believes you and someone understands you. Don't feel alone. I want the world to hear you roar. I heard many, many years ago that China is such a big country that every Chinese person uh, jump at the very same time, the world would break, would crack and break. And I thought that if every woman, when we we roar in the sense that let our inner us. Take this pain inside out that is hurting and we wrote it, we wrote our pain, the world would break. Now I continue with my life. I sometimes remember this story, but I prefer to put it at the back of my mind and I focus in the things that I love, for example, dancing, as I told you at the beginning. Which somehow connect me with, I don't know, somewhere out of this world, a happier place. It's my happy place to go. This podcast is part of the GLA ESOL Plus Arts Project, a collaboration between City Lit Adult Education College, Empathy Museum, Boldface, and storyteller Ariane Hagioulias. The project explores how ESOL and the arts can work together to promote English language learning in the UK capital. The music from the Free Music Archive used in this podcast was touched by Lost Radio.